Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Heels in the Courtroom. This is Erica Slater, a voice you probably haven't heard for a couple episodes because I have been out of the office on maternity leave. So I am so happy to be joined today by Megan Crow, Elizabeth McNulty, Amy Gunn, and Liz Lenevy because I am back in the office. But we are going to spend today's episode talking about maternity leave, something that we've wanted to talk about for a while since a lot of our episodes are geared towards women. And that time in a woman's practice when you want to have kids and are planning maternity leave can bring up a lot of anxiety for a lot of women. Before we started the podcast today, Megan even brought up that that's part of the problem, the anxiety that people feel in our profession to even go on maternity leave or what that's going to look like when they get there. So I will start with sharing my experiences of now two maternity leaves, but I guess the first one should really be called parental leave. As some of you may know who listened to our earlier episodes, my wife carried our first child, who's two and a half. And when my wife was due, I had planned to take six weeks off at that time, which my firm was fine with. And I was even offered to take off a full 12 weeks, and I elected to do six. That was mainly because I knew I wanted to carry a child in the future and would be looking at a larger maternity leave within the next couple years. So I elected to take six. Although I can't say that all the men in our firm when their spouses had babies necessarily took that amount of time off, but I kind of had a weird double standard going on (laughs) that I was a mom who was getting a new baby, but I wasn't the birth mom. So I kind of took an in-between approach to that. So that maternity leave of six weeks was very different than my recent maternity leave of 12 weeks for some very important reasons. And The first and foremost is before the six weeks, I could plan, I could talk to people, I could get my cases in order, assign the couple things that needed to get done to other attorneys, maybe give them a memo on the case so they were prepared, whether they were covering a hearing or maybe, you know, talking to an expert about their opinions or whatever it was. It was small things on the case that would happen over these six weeks. My second maternity leave of 12 weeks started on a Tuesday. The previous Sunday night, we settled a case that was supposed to start trial on the following Monday. Cutting it close. (laughs) Cutting it real close. Basically, two months before um, I was due, three attorneys, John Simon, Mary Simon, and I, were working up this motorcycle death case that it was one of my cases. And it was set to start on Monday where I was 37 weeks pregnant. I got Mary involved as my understudy, and it sounded crazy. And, you know, I was in my third trimester. I think we were working 14-hour days most of the time. And I still had a toddler at home, and we were working at home during the pandemic. And it was a stressful time, but fortunately also I was having a lot of fun working up that case, especially with John and Mary being a father-daughter duo. It was very hilarious to see their dynamic as we worked up a case. So the case ended up getting moved one week. So it was going to start on the Monday. I was 38 weeks pregnant and it was being tried in a county that was an hour and a half away. So all of a sudden, if I was going to go in person, I was going to be an hour and a half away from my hospital at 38 weeks pregnant 
Like everything was going fine in my pregnancy, but I mean, that's just uncomfortable. Amy in no uncertain terms told me a couple of times she was concerned that I <laughs> was in a very stressful situation at the end of my pregnancy. So I was watching that too. My plan was to just go to the Vordaer on the first day of trial and then be remote for the rest of the trial because that was an option. And when the judge moved the case forward a week, because we had been on Zoom on all the hearings and all the pretrial matters, the judge had no idea I was pregnant. Quite frankly, the opposing counsel probably didn't know how pregnant I was. So nobody except you know our colleagues knew that it was pushing it really close. And I was so upset. I may have cried on the phone with my boss. Because, I mean, I, you know, you handle a case for two, two and a half years, and then it gets to be tried after we've all been in this drought of trial. And it was becoming very clear that it was going to be tried. And it was just such a disappointment. But we made a plan, and we kept working it up. The caveat to how things went down is that there was a companion case that was tried right before us. So we were trying two plaintiffs back-to-back. We were trying their cases back-to-back, same accident. Our person died. The other couple was injured. They got a very, very surprising big verdict in a very difficult rural county who hasn't seen verdicts like that consistently. And so you have to believe that that had something to do with our case then resolving. It did resolve on Sunday night. My adrenaline turned off, and I went into labor in 30 hours from the settlement. <laughs> like I said you would. No. Yes. No, I mean, guys, I have consulted Dr. Google on the medicine, and I think that I would not have gone into labor if <laughs> adrenaline hadn't turned off, and my body's like, okay, now we're ready. Because adrenaline stops labor, and serotonin promotes labor. So, you know, I was, like, stress-free, happy again, looking at, you know, a settlement coming down right before I was going to have a baby. And so then it was time. Because of all this, that means that I was trial prepping intensely right up until I went out on maternity leave and had no buffer time in between that case resolving and going on maternity leave to kind of get my cases in order. And I will owe it to this group of ladies and my team that we got through the last three months without any, I'll say without any large fires, at least nothing we can't fix. Just a smoldering dumpster fire here and there. But yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just calm. That's just <laughs> It That's was, routine. It was ashes. It wasn't like those blue flames at the middle of the hottest fire you've seen. So that's how we're going to talk about this. <laughs> you know, I'm back. It's four days into being back in the office. And now at least I get to clean things up. <laughs> so that is my experience. And 12 weeks felt a little bit more overwhelming as far as cases kind of sitting for a while. Although Liz did cover producing an expert for me. So I can't say that no depositions occurred in my case. So that was helpful. You also dealt with uh, difficult opposing counsel issues while I was gone as well. Yeah, and I got to meet him the day that you gave birth because uh, if you remember, I had been no, I your don't. backup. <laughs> I had been your backup on this hearing with right. a very, I'm going to politely put it, aggressive 
opposing counsel. And when your case settled on Sunday, you texted me and you're like, hey, great news. You don't have to cover that hearing for me on Tuesday. And I was like, great. And then your wife texted me Tuesday morning. She goes, Eric is going to the hospital. Can you cover that hearing? <laughs> I was like, absolutely. <laughs> oh I'm ready to go. It's fine. It's fine. And everything went I was well like and... in triage being like, you got to get in touch with Liz. We, <laughs> need to... oh we got there at 4 a.m. And I'm like, wait until 7 a.m. Because that's polite. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think it just speaks to the adaptability of women. How yes. quickly you were like, let's get this taken care of. Kristen was on top of it, and then I took it from there. So just passing the baton. It all it all went fine. The hearing went fine. You had prepared for it like a week before, so it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to look at this the morning of. So you were like on it. So anyway, as far as planning for maternity leave, that first leave I had, you know, I sat down with Amy and one of our other female attorneys who had been on leave and kind of asked them what their experience was, what they did with their cases. I think probably my first question was, how does this work? How do you get through this? Like, does this work? And I was met with nothing but encouragement and talking about how absolutely it works. It must work. We demand that it works, basically. And that was a really good switch that flipped for me in kind of approaching maternity leave as it's not something that's like unique to me or something that I'm like bringing upon myself. We need to make sure to foster an environment and we have and we want to at our firm where a female litigator who wants to have a family is able to do that. I think the most important thing about thinking about a maternity leave is to start as early as you're ready to tell people you're pregnant, planning. And this conversation isn't only geared towards women. More and more, the spouses of my friends have policies at work, whether they're in the law or not. I feel like corporate environments have responded to this a little bit better, but I am seeing, at least for our friends, more parental leave policies. They usually don't call it paternity leave, probably because issues like mine, I didn't take a paternity leave because <laughs> I'm not part of the patriarchy. But, you know, <laughs> whether they have two weeks, three weeks, sometimes six weeks, spouses can really or partners can really support their partner in that situation. And so if you're not the parent who is bringing a child into the world, you also have the opportunity to learn from your work what your policies are and plan early on about how that might look. If you have six weeks that you can split, are you going to take three weeks at the beginning and then three weeks you know, after your spouse goes back to work to extend that time that your kid's at home? Or are you going to take it all at the beginning to help support your spouse through that time? It's really important to have an early handle on what you're looking at so you can plan as much as, as, much as you can if you're not trial prepping. <laughs> We aren't asking for a favor when we go on maternity or parental leave, but it certainly does feel that way, doesn't it? Absolutely. There are policies in place most places, not everywhere, but there are policies in place most places that dictate any number of things that can happen in an office, one of which is that a woman or a spouse may have a baby. And here are the rules. And let's follow them. We're guided by rules all the time. So why do we feel like going on maternity leave is asking for a big favor? And it's just a mindset. And we know where that notion comes from because there aren't that many generations really before us that have been in the working world and having babies. 
When I started at this firm many years ago, I was the first woman to go out on maternity leave. And Which was soon after you started at the firm. Right. But there was no policy. And I just thought about what I thought was reasonable. And I, gosh, I'm sure I had a conversation with somebody about it. But then I just went out on maternity leave and came back. I believe after my first son, I came back after 10 weeks because oh, that felt right to me at the time. And it's all about planning. It's all about planning and communicating from my perspective. I like to believe that most firms are, at least in words and in policies, very supportive of parent leave or family leave because that firm realizes the benefit of an employee having the freedom to do things outside of work, such as start a family, and realizes the benefit that having a family and having an outlet brings to your employee and thus to the workplace. And you all know how many times have we talked about the struggle with the balance that we look for in our lives. We talk about work-life balance, and mostly it's this idea of how can I raise children and be a professional? It's so much broader than that, depending on where you are in your life. It might be children for Erica. It might be taking care of elderly parents for someone else. It might be something entirely different for somebody else. And all it is, is having a life. And you want your employees, at least I think, you want your employees to have a life. It cuts down on burnout, and we all experience that. Don't you also think it's a talent retention issue? And if you have younger associates who, when they want to start a family, who are at a firm where they do not think they'll be supported, they don't see people successfully having families and their profession or being successful in that profession or being supported and promoted despite the fact that they have a family, then you're going to leave. And it's expensive to train young lawyers and have them kick out after a couple of years. I have seen a lot of my friends, and quite frankly, it's even been my own experience, that I did leave a firm that I didn't see people being supported in the way I would hope to be. If that's the position you're in, you know, that's going to put a lot of pressure on you to look elsewhere and find a firm or profession with whatever you do with your law degree, or if you're in a different profession where you will be able to find somewhere that supports you. Well, and I think that that kind of is why our firm has been so successful is the progressive nature of the environment here and the, like the culture that's been fostered. I know that culture is like a buzzword, but I, I truly feel like it's very flexible, you know, and I, like the conversations that we've had, no one batted an eye when both of you were like, yeah, I'm going to be out for 12 weeks or you know, 10 weeks. And I think that that's great. And we can acknowledge how lucky we are to work at a place like that. But I think that probably there's a decent portion of people out there who don't have that kind of environment or the people that they're telling that they're going to take leave aren't necessarily so receptive or supportive. So what kind of advice would you give to those people other than, you know, look for a different job? I think find your allies. I'm hopeful that everyone works in a company or a business where there are people there they can trust and rely on and confide in. 
And if you can just find one person that you trust and go to that person and say, here's my plan. I'm going to have a baby. I've thought about this. This is how many weeks I'm going to be out. I'm going to need some help for A, B, and C. I think it is incumbent upon you to know what help you need and to be very clear on what help you need and what your job responsibilities are and how they are going to be put on hold while you're gone, if they have to be put on hold. But I think it starts with understanding what your rights are within your company and within your business and within the law. And to really be aware and well-educated on what they are and to embrace those and to make sure that you hold your company and your business to those policies and rules. But certainly also have a plan, be very clear on what your expectations are for when you're gone, and be very clear about when you're coming back. And here's the important part. Be very clear on what you intend to do while you're out. I'm not answering emails. Right. Or I will answer emails once a week. Because just like we've always said, if you are answering emails, whether you're on vacation or at midnight or on maternity leave, people are going to keep sending you emails and expecting answers. So you owe it to yourself and to your business and company and colleagues to be very clear on what you intend to do while you're gone. One thing that you can't know at all before you go out on maternity leave is what you will be able to do because you don't know kind of what is on the other side yeah. of that. It's so important not to overpromise yourself or think that you are going to be capable of checking into email, even if it is, you know, once a week or a couple times a week, or promising your availability during maternity leave. Because although we all hope that everything is fine and as easy as it can be, even without any problems, meaning the health of your child, their ability to, you know, if you want to breastfeed, how well that goes, it can be extremely time consuming. And even in the best case scenario, you are going to be sleep deprived for a while, for a long time. <laughs> like I'm still sleep deprived and I think we're doing pretty well. Yes. What you can't know if you haven't been through it beforehand, unless you were like a Navy SEAL that they kept <laughs> up for a week in training. That's the only thing I can really admit to. Even it's not after having a baby. Right. <laughs> is to really understand that your short-term memory and your ability to function is kind of shot. So even if you are able to be available for like, you know, a couple hours a week to answer questions or check in with your team, you're not operating with a full deck. Your employer should appreciate that just because you've set a good expectation. You know, I expect not to be checking emails. I'll need someone to watch my email or something like that. That's the best way to handle that instead of getting in a bad situation that could backfire on you. As someone who's never taken a maternity leave, I think it kind of bothers me that there is maybe a stereotype out there that if you take maternity leave, it sets you back in your career. And I don't want to put this all on quote unquote big law, but I think there is a stereotype in big law that if you take maternity leave, maybe you won't make partner as quickly as your male counterparts and you will be seen as being set back in your career almost. That kind of angers me because as an observer, I've now watched Erica go out 
on maternity leave and come back. And to me, it doesn't seem like you have been set back at all. I, I mean, theoretically, I guess a lot can happen in three months. But in the scheme of your whole career, it's not that much. I think what bothers me is this maybe stereotype that taking maternity leave slows down or hinders your career. So I was hoping to get you guys' thoughts on that. It's such a blink of an eye. Really. I mean, Erica's been gone three months, and it's a blink of an eye. In the arc of our careers, 12 weeks is a drop in the bucket. I am sure, Megan, that that is still a stereotype in some businesses and some firms held by folks that hopefully are being disabused of it as they learn more and as more women are going on maternity leave and coming back and doing the same job that they did before, sometimes even better. I've always believed personally that having a child and children has given me better perspective and better time management skills and made me a better lawyer. But I'm sure it's still out there. And I guess my hope, as with a lot of things that I disagree with and think that are outdated, hopefully it'll die out sometime. (laughs) (laughs) I suspect that it will eventually, especially as more women come into leadership positions at businesses and law firms and recognize that having children, being a mother, being a well-rounded person in other aspects of their life, having things to do outside of work makes you a better lawyer, gives you better perspective, better promise to understand the things our clients are going through. And I would just encourage women that are facing that issue to really explore whether that's a fear that exists because there are rumors about it or somebody told an anecdotal story about it. And just, again, ask for what the policies are and ask around to people who have done it. I think that's more a function of not so much going out on maternity leave and coming back, but what happens after that? Because you get back and your life is different. Your time is different. What you're able to devote time-wise to being at the office, and I am sure there are plenty of folks that have been in law a long time and are at the upper leadership of firms and businesses who can say, you know, we've just had a lot of situations where our women go out on maternity leave, come back for a month, and then quit. And that, I I guess that can still happen. I think it's less and less if you have an inviting environment and make it easier for women to come back and to fold back into their job and give a little bit of grace to figure out what the time management's going to be. You can see where that would leave a bad and perhaps lasting impression Let's say that happened in in 1992 and someone's still not over it. And now all of us bear that burden. So I think we recognize it, but we don't let it affect our decisions about whether we, in fact, decide to have children, decide to go out on maternity leave and live the life we want to live. Also, I think it is not only incumbent on women to help and demand changes in policy and culture, men or non childbearing spouses, taking paternity leave, parental leave, family leave, and taking advantage of those offerings 
it may take some bravery depending on what type of culture you're in. I have also seen the example of plenty of places that have a parental leave policy available that men or the non-caring spouse don't take advantage of. And without taking advantage of that, because there's no doubt your partner needs the help, without a doubt. But also the fact that those policies are more prevalent in today's business environment does take the fact that families understand and demanded that this can't just be like have a baby and then your spouse is back to work two days later. That's really difficult on a family and makes things not workable, especially for families who both spouses work or both partners work. You make such an important point that it's worth repeating. If men take paternity leave, then it'll be normal, right? Well, the men do it. the playing field. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if they go for three weeks, then all of a sudden taking leave, whether it's paternal, unmaternal, whatever it is, is pretty normal. And guess what? You're going to learn that even a man can leave for three or six weeks and the world doesn't fall apart and they're held to a different standard. And they just, believe it or not, can manage their business. And you trust your people to manage their business and things work out fine. Which leads to more equality between in a relationship, too, because that non- childbearing spouse is now having to figure out and go through the same thought process and planning as the woman having the baby. Right. It normalizes it. Yeah. Or if you're adopting, you know, that's another situation. Think about adopting a child, especially if you're adopting an infant. Whether you go through the labor or not, that kid needs the same amount of leave. And hopefully policies don't discriminate against how you're bringing that child into the world right? or into your family. I am also like Megan. I have never taken maternity leave. I've never had to really think about it because I'm not quite at that stage of my life where I'm ready for family planning. But this conversation has got me thinking about a particular firm, and I'm not going to name it. I know a couple attorneys about my age that are at this firm, and I'm thinking about the culture of the firm and how these attorneys have approached it. And so I have one friend who, when his wife got pregnant, he's at this firm, he took his full parental leave. He took the entire amount because he said, my wife needs me, my baby needs me, I'm doing it, I don't really care what anyone else says. I work hard enough here, I deserve this, which is not something we should think about deserving to take care of our families, but that's the way he put it. And he he took the entire leave, which was great, we all celebrated him for it. There is another male attorney at this firm about my age that on a deposition we were in, an older attorney at this firm made a joke about, you know, sorry, he's been gone. He was on paternity leave. And I was like, oh, congratulations on the new baby. Hope everything's going well. Like, when was the baby born? He's like, oh, two weeks. I was out for two weeks. And I was like, that's that's all the time. I know your firm gives you more because I know another attorney at your firm. And, and But all you took was two weeks. And the comment from the older attorney on the call with us basically mocking him for even taking two weeks to, again, help his wife who just squeezed a person out of her body. I can't think of anything too more soon, traumatic. <laughs> I can't think of anything more traumatic. And he's being mocked in front of strangers. I can only imagine what goes on when there aren't other attorneys, especially other female attorneys on the line. By a superior, too. By a superior. And some of these, and I'm, I'm going to stereotype here, good old boys, they're not going to change on their position on maternity leave or paternity leave. 
parental leave in general. And it really is going to be incumbent upon those of us who understand and those of us who are facing these challenges to change the cultures of our firm. I want so badly for that younger attorney who only took the two weeks. I wish he felt empowered to either take his entire leave or maybe call out the the superior. And I, I understand why he didn't. I totally understand. But this this conversation has just got me thinking about those those two stories about my friend who said, I deserve it. I'm doing this. It's right for my family and it's right for me. And my firm should trust me to do this. And, and then this other attorney who felt this intense pressure to hurry up and get back to work. And, and this was in the same firm, same firm, same office, same building. So, Well, and I can't help but think, hopefully, whoever needs to hear this, I'm saying it for you. Your family is lifelong. Your career, even if you stay at a place very long term, is not lifelong. Where you work or where you practice or any of that, that can change on a dime for many reasons. Opportunities can come up. You can decide you need to take another route. And so when you're thinking about your priorities, hopefully your priority and your obligation to your place of employment comes after your family. Hopefully your firm understands or expects that that would be your priority. It goes back to what you said in the very beginning, which I love the sentiment. It's not something to be apologetic about or to feel like you're sacrificing anything. It's something to be celebrated. And I, I definitely feel that at our firm, at least. And I think that's the general direction that the world is going in. And I think that's a good thing. When I was clerking at our firm, this is going back 11, 12 years, I don't remember what conversation Amy and I were having that led to this, but I was sitting in her office and her sentiment to me was that, you know, long term, you have to find something more important than this, meaning more important than your work in this career. I was still a law student at the time and obviously so laser focused. I was single, didn't have a family. And it stuck with me because it was like, well, of course, like, even if it wasn't you know, finding a spouse and raising a family, it needs to be something else because it really, I think, makes you better at your job to not have it be the most important thing in your life. Amy was talking about burnout. If you don't have something else that you focus on or look towards, then there's nothing to balance out your work life, which <laughs> fast forward to an episode in season one where we will talk about the anti-work-life balance, but <laughs> that's a whole nother issue. We've addressed it. Maybe it's because it's been a number of years since I had my children, but that allows me to have a perspective, a longer perspective. I just don't see maternity leave as the time frame that you're actually out from having a baby to be that big of a deal. It shouldn't be. Take the time you need. It is a right. It is not a favor. You will be nervous about leaving, largely because, especially if it's your first child, you have no idea what to expect and you're freaking out about everything, which is normal. The last thing that you want to worry about is the work that you're very committed to and the, and the company, the, the firm that you're very committed to, somehow letting them down. Forget it. Forget it. It's going to be here when you get back. Consult people that you trust to help you through it, and then let it go. Go have your baby. 
be with your family, love intensely every minute of that, even though that's a big ask. I know I've been there. (laughs) Come back imbued with the idea that you're even more powerful now than you were before you left because of everything that you can do and everything that you accomplished and everything that you have done and everything that you're going to accomplish because it really is bigger. Life is a lot bigger than just sweating the details of any particular day, month, or 12-week period. That's a perspective that I've learned over the years to really look back. And as I said, 12 weeks is nothing. It's a season, a quick one. It's a season. And depending on the season, you know, like winter, like, it's terrible anyway. (laughs) So who cares? (laughs) Skip it. But I mean, if there's anything that I can express to our listeners who are in this position and thinking about maternity leave or worried about it or even worried about being back from maternity leave and whether, Megan, to your point, it has affected your advancement in your career, just let go of it. You have made a decision for you and your family. You have exercised your rights to go on maternity leave, have your baby, take care of that baby, love that baby, come back to the job that you also hopefully at least enjoy, if not love, and just let go of all that baggage. While you were talking, Amy, I was thinking that it goes back to something that we say all the time on this podcast, which is you teach people how to treat you. And this is kind of no different, you know, and you don't need to be adamant about it or make it an issue, but being unapologetic is important. So wrapping your head around the fact of this is part of my life. It's part of our society. It's part of humankind. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone has parents. (laughs) It can feel very individual and very, you can feel very isolated by it and think that like, you know, you're the first one to do this, but you're not. And things will go on and you will find your way and it'll be however it'll be. It's exactly right. Yeah. And you'll probably figure out what you're made of. That is something a baby will definitely teach you. (laughs) So true. Well, thank you, everyone, for indulging me on my first week back to welcome back. talk Yay. about it. <laughs> Obviously, it's something that's been on my mind. And listening to the episodes that you guys have put out in my absence kind of brought me through in a way and let me feel connected to work still. So I appreciate that, too, and appreciate you guys. So this is the Heels in the Courtroom crew signing off. I'm glad to be back and a part of it. And you can find our new episodes on Wednesdays. And if you want to share any thoughts or comments with us, email us at comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law. Bye. Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts to comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law and subscribe today 